When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me today for this live Facebook uh, podcast is James the Sharp End Sharp, my colleague here at uh, Leicester Mercury, and we're going to be dissecting Leicester City's victory at West Bromwich Abbey the weekend. Before we get underway, I'd just like to remind you all to head over to beer52.com if you like beer and you want some free beer. They've got some on offer there. All you need to do is go online and use the tagline Leicester to register and you could be sampling eight beers from around the world and all you've got to do is pay for your postage and packing. Now then, let's get back to the action. Yep. Uh, Leicester City were without a win in five, only two in 12. They went to West Bromwich Albion, a team that had won one in 27. Yep. And so we uh, we had some uh, concerns on the on the, the short journey to the Hawthorns, didn't we, that you know how football works when you're expected to win. You know it's, how Leicester works. Yeah, right. it, I mean, it, it can uh, backfire on you, kind of, but that wasn't the case. No, I mean, as Leicester fans always approach these kind of games of trepidation because um, they, look, they, look, they look like obvious stumbling blocks, don't they? They're teams that are in dire straits in complete turmoil. Leicester are the kind of team that would go and lose there. And then after the, after the start of Solomon Rondon's early goal, there was a sense of, oh no, yeah, not Leicester, and please not Leicester. And certainly when Casper Smichael pulled off that incredible save with a deflected effort. Yeah, uh, West Brom were, onto the bar. West Brom were well on top at that stage. Leicester re- looked really poor, looked struggled, looked like were low on confidence. Even Puel in his brief pre- post-match press conference said that they looked low on confidence to start off with. But what better boost for confidence are you going to get when Jamie Vardy scores? probably definitely the goal of the season that's that's always going to boost your confidence isn't it and from there they never looked back Leicester picked, Leicester just were on top West Brom capitulated and looked like a team who have resigned themselves to their fate well the home fans were certainly buoyed by that Rondon strike and then when yeah. uh, Michael pulled off that save they thought oh we're the greatest day out with, going into the game we were talking about Leicester City's great escape on how they managed to win seven of the last nine games and could Albion do it because they were in a similar sort of position yeah. but I think we saw the evidence that there's quite a difference between that Leicester City side from a few years ago and this Albion side in terms of fight and commitment and togetherness Yeah, but it took it took um, their nemesis to silence the home fans, didn't it, uh, Jamie Vardy? Yeah. Let's talk about that goal because it is a goal to save. And, no, and we've spoken in the past about numerous Vardy goals being special. The one Liverpool won earlier this season as well against Tottenham, as, against Tottenham which was a, a great, uh, great finish, instinctive finish on similar sort of lines. But this was something special. Uh, the, for those who haven't seen it, Riyad Mahrez picks up the ball in acres of space. Why they allowed him acres of space in his own half? Yeah. Puts it on an absolute pinhead, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, not other people, other players would see that kind of pass as a as a hopeful lump forward, but Riyad, no, Riyad clearly saw the pass, picked the pass. They've been playing together for so long yeah. now. He knows exactly. As soon as he gets a ball, and he looks up. He's, Vardy's going to be making a Well, run. they showed a match there, didn't they? Where Vardy, he looks behind him, sees that Morris has got the ball, and straight away just turns and runs because he knows of all the players in that team, Morris is going to be the one that's going to plonk it on his foot mm. which but, he did but let's give Vardy credit as well for oh. the finish as well he's not looking at the goal he knows exactly where the goal is yeah. 
doesn't even need to look at the, the keeper. He's just watching it all the way over his shoulder onto his left foot. His and, wrong foot. And, and as Frank Lampard pointed out, actually, which I thought he was, he didn't trape it. He knew he couldn't just put his foot through it. Yeah. He had to guide it, and uh, it was a, a quality it was the way finish. how the, the, the pass that came over was dead straight, not in line with the goal, so he still had to steer it into the bottom corner. And for someone who Michael Owen famously said was not a natural goal scorer, not a natural finisher, that's one of the most natural finishes and most technically difficult. I think it's a better goal than the goal against Liverpool in terms of how difficult it was to pull off. And oh, it's, it's a brilliant goal. I could watch it again and again and again. And he celebrates by <laughs> celebrating in front of well, the West Brom fans. They must hate him. Well, he's, that's three times now before the, this game that he'd scored the winner at the yeah. Hawthorns. So they must be used to that um, four goals usual in four celebration. Four goals in four visits. The previous three times were winning goals, and for the past three seasons, he's now celebrating in front of the, that corner. The first year, he ran over, cupped his ears, and stood there with his arms spread out. Second year, bounced along with his hands behind his ears, and on Saturday, just stood in front of them. They must hate him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they would have certainly hated what followed in the second half as their team pretty much capitulated. Yeah. They, it was still very evenly balanced. Rondon had a good effort. Uh, that was just deflected by Morgan over the bar just before half time. The game was easily poised, and then City come out, and Kelechi Inacho comes on, mm. and he makes a difference as well. I mean, we've uh, talked about Kelechi uh, taking needing a bit of time to settle and uh, adjust to a role, and it seems that if his impacts up, he certainly did it superbly on uh, on Saturday with that lovely chipped weighted pass for Riyad Mahrez to get the second. Yeah, it looks like he's in, improving with every game he plays. I know I, I spoke to him at the end after the FA Cup game. Uh, one of the home ones and he, he admitted that he'd been really frustrated by the start of his season because he picked up that injury in pre-season and that put him back uh, and he found it difficult to find his stride, he looked low on confidence. Whenever we saw him play in that role behind Vardy he looked static, he looked like he didn't quite understand Leicester's style, that role or what was expected of him and just basically stood there and waited for stuff to happen and not made it happen himself. Since the FA Cup's and he scored goals there. His confidence is growing. He came on and he looked, he looked sharp. He looked like he wanted the ball. He was always dropping into space, wanting the ball, playing it off. Wonderful assist for the goal. Almost set Vardy up for another with that little through ball, and deserved his goal. And I thought it was a really excellent, but excellent performance from a young lad who who looks like he's improving. Well, he hadn't scored a Premier League goal yeah. um, for City until um, Saturday, but he certainly took it well. Didn't he? Great cross from Ben Chilwell, who we, we talked about during the game. The first 20 minutes, he looked like he was struggling a little yeah. bit. He was caught out of position a little bit, dived in for the opening goal, uh, was giving the ball away a little bit. But when he started to get find his legs going forwards and uh, making those runs, he teed up Vardy for a goal that was offside. He, he grew into the game. And, and I think with, with Iheanacho and with Chilwell... No, they're young players. They're going to be inconsistent. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have games where it's not going to go for them. And and also, crucially for them, is confidence. As we, you just said yeah. there about Ian Acho and Chilwell, he's another player that needs confidence. He needs to support the supporters to get behind him. And uh, But he certainly put it on an absolute plate as well for, for Ian Acho's head. It was a great goal as well. Yeah, Claude Puel was praised when he first came in for being this manager that put faith in youth. When he brought in Gray and Chilwell very early on and, and saw those as the future of Leicester. And that was something that they praised him for. Since Gray and Chilwell's form has become a little bit inconsistent, which you get from young players, fans are starting to kind of criticise Puel for, for keeping putting faith in there. But I think what, what Claude sees is that they are the future of Leicester and 
they those players need to be patient for their chances and also Leicester fans also need to be patient with them which can be difficult when you've got you've got silverware on the, on the as a potential on the horizon you've got chances at European football so it's difficult sometimes to be patient with players when you've got these things to strive for but I think they need that patience and Chilwell he didn't give up he carried on, carried on going and by the end of the game he was he finished the game as one of Leicester's strongest performers absolutely uh, the game did end with a, another goal fourth goal Vicente Bora yeah. uh, with a header from a corner in the last minute of added time to seal the, the whole victory and by this time half and half the Albion fans had already long gone home so they missed yeah. it um, but let's talk about Vicente Bora because that was the first Premier League game he had started this year the last one was Liverpool away yeah. I believe 30th of, of December uh, but he was outstanding again, wasn't he? And it's been a mystery to me why he'd fallen out of the out of the picture a little bit. I mean, take nothing away from the other lads, you know. No. They, Matty James, we've, we've defended his performances. Yeah. Uh, but Vicente Abora, for me, is just another level. Yeah, he is. And you know, so we defend Matty James a lot because the two players are are different mm. in terms of what the, the the attributes they bring. What Abora showed at the weekend is that the attributes he possesses are the ones that Leicester need and have uh, and have possibly missed over those games against Stoke, Swansea, Bournemouth. That player who, no matter how scrappy the midfield gets, he has that ability to rise above it and remain composed and keep the ball and have more time well, than Well, that was demonstrated else. in the first half an hour when Albin were working incredibly hard to close the City down, but he just seemed to have time every time. He, wasn't, he, he refused to be rushed. Yeah, you just move it on. Because you know, draw the man and just move. Because in the previous ball on. Se- previous seasons, we've seen the likes of Gokaninla, who you would say are similar players in terms. Of they like to put their foot on the ball. They like to pick passes. But the game got so fr- would get so frantic that the game would pass him by. Abora seems to have the quality to not. It, it, he likes to play the game slower, but still able to almost bring the game to his level as opposed to the game passing him by. And I think. Leicester have missed that, especially if they're a team like Claude Puel wants, who wants the ball passed around, be, be more patient in possession and, and have more of it. You need someone who, when the time comes, can play that, that ball through. Abora has that ability, I'd say, more than any other midfielder. Now, you've put, picked it out in one of your five things to discuss from the game that, uh, as that ended the debate about who should partner Nididi, because Nididi looks like he's now the number one centre midfield player he's picked. He leads all the stats for tackles, doesn't he? Not just in the Premier yeah. League, but uh, in Europe. You know, he's, he's head and shoulders uh, away from any of, uh, of his compatriots in terms of um, tackles in the Premier League. Um, so we're talking about who plays with him. Yeah. And it looks like it's got to be Vinny. Because every time they, they just look like they suit each other, they're, they're, they're differing styles of play. Yeah, I agree. Nididi is, is, is the player who. You don't want to keep comparing him to Kante, but he plays that similar role. He's the he's the ball winner who retains possession, uh, who you need in that midfield. Who goes with him has been the balance that Wells struggled to get right. Ibora, I think, complements him best for the way Leicester want to play. Uh, we've mentioned Matt James before. I think him and Nididi, especially in games against the likes of West Brom and um, Bournemouth, possibly too similar. Ibora has the extra kind of class. Uh, that you need to, to open up defences. So I think, especially now for the running when Leicester are playing similar kind of teams, I think Abora has done enough, clearly done enough, um, to, to nail down that, that role for a, for a while to come now, I think. 
Well, I hope so anyway. Well, I think so as well, but we'll see with Claude because he, yeah. uh, he he does like to make like changes. Yeah, I mean, he had five on Saturday, completely justified by the result. Mm. But I don't think there's many games this uh, under his uh, guidance that, where they haven't changed the starting eleven. So I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't uh, a couple no. of changes for Chelsea as well. Um, obviously, we've just pointed out some very good performances but still the standout performances were Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy just how reliant are Leicester City on those two they are hugely reliant on those two but I think any team is would any team would be reliant any team in Leicester's kind of size would be reliant on players like Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy any team is going to be reliant on their the players who are the best in their team and Mahrez and Vardy are that. There are there's not much that separates teams from seven downwards. But when you've got two players of the sheer quality of Mahrez and Vardy, who are world class footballers, of course you're gonna be dependent on them. Well let's put it this way, if Albion had those two, they wouldn't be in no. destined for the championship right now in my opinion I, I mean I wasn't impressed with their performance overall but certainly wasn't impressed with their mm. attitude but we've they've been in the division now for like seven seasons and you know it just goes to show doesn't it you can never say you're established in no. the Premier League uh, anybody outside the top six can't say they're established um, but uh, yeah I think those two would make the difference I mean how many sides do we see as well haven't got a number nine in the Premier yeah. League or, or refuse to play with a number nine and, and City have got one of the best at the moment in Jamie Vardy and with Harry Kane limping off yesterday leaving uh, Bournemouth on, on crutches yeah. you know England we're hoping he can continue this form and yeah. stay fit as well yeah leaving Russia with the Jules May trophy in one hand and the golden boot in the other I can see it now for the summer I know you're dreaming <laughs> He's a, but no of course it is of course the two of them are the Leicester's best players they've shown time and time again that they are match winners and as I said any team is reliant on their match winners. Chelsea are reliant on Eden Hazard. Um, Man-, Man City have got multiple match winners, but any team with two standout players like that are going to be relied upon to win games of football. That's what they're paid to do, and for Leicester, no two players do it as well as Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez. Well, I asked Puel at the pre-match press conference last week about is it time that other players stepped up to the plate and showed a bit, took a bit of responsibility and showed they could be uh, match winners. So which of those players do you think got the potential um, to become Leicester City's match winners to contribute? Now, Mark Albright's got seven assists, yeah. one less than Riyad Mahrez after Saturday, so he's contributing in that sense, but yeah. he needs to score more goals. I think he'd admit that himself. Um, Damari Gray, do you think if you can get back to a bit of the form early in the season? Yeah, I think so. He's, I think he's the one that's, that's, he's struggling for form and confidence a lot at the minute. I mean, a lot was made of, a lot was made of Matt James in terms of lacking in creativity. It, it's Damari Gray's job to create things. Um, that's what his position and what his role is. And he's only got four Premier League assists in 69 appearances. Now, only 23 of those have been starts, but there's only four assists in there. That number needs to be higher, clearly, for, for him to be able to to justify his desire to start games. He's, he's been made no secret the fact that he's frustrated at how much game time he has, but when he gets that game time, he needs to produce. And we, we saw, didn't we, there was a few moments of the best and worst of Damari Gray. There was one where he, he, he took a shot that Foster had to save really well, then another moment, I mean, you pointed it out in, when we're in the press box, Leicester broke forward 
Gray had four players in front of him who had run past bro- the ball. Broke past him. Broke past him. Four players to choose to play the ball through. Gray chose to shoot. The shot was blocked. West Brom cleared and Leicester were under needless pressure because of the wrong decision that was made. And while it's a criticism, it, it, that is the area of it's Gray's, a learning curve that for Gray's him, game yeah. need, that he needs to develop. And so for him to become the Mares match winner, it's those areas that final decision that he needs to work on. I think as well his confidence with uh, yeah. Gray. When the uh, start of the season, when he was in and out of side, um, he wasn't making a, a big impact. But then Paul came in and sort of gave him belief by picking him for the first few games and saying, look, you, you, you do figure in my plans. And we saw a different Gray for a while. You know, he did p- perform quite well. Then he was left out for a few games and practised confidence and stuff. I think he's one of those players that for the for coming years, he's going to need a big arm around him a lot. And he's certainly going to need a lot of support from the, the fans as well. Yeah, because you always look at players, don't you? And you, you always tend to categorise players into are they an arm around the shoulder type player or are they a rocket up the backside player? Damari Gray clearly fits into the arm around the shoulder players. He needs to be cajoled and encouraged and told he's good. Um, and when he is given that support, it's usually when you see the best of him. But he, Leicester, need, Leicester need to see more from him for him to be able to justify his desire to start week in, week out. Well, Okazaki came back as well. What did you make of Shinji? Because we've been talking about how much City have missed him, his vibrancy, yeah. the way he buzzes around. He didn't have a massive impact on the game, but it was good to see him back out there. Yeah, it was. You'd argue that Inacho probably had more impact in that role when he came on. But to begin with, Leicester's just all-round play is always... We've said it so many times. He's always better when... Shindy's in the side because he provides that link between the midfield and Jamie Vardy. He drifts into the line so well and never stops. His endeavour is just uh, off the scale. And that that helps feed Vardy because Vardy is then not as isolated from the rest of the team. So it's great to see him back. The stats show that Leicester win more games when Okazaki starts than when he doesn't. And to have him there... It's excellent to see him back again. Well, we would have loved to have asked Claude more questions about yes. the performance and about individuals and that, but fortunately an alarm went off halfway through his press conference. I was down trying to get interviews with players yeah. in the mix zone down on the concourse when the alarms went off, so we had to abandon that as well and, and be escorted out of the ground and he'd be let in afterwards, but by then everybody had gone. So there's very little reaction from Leicester City to Saturday's game and we're not going to be able to speak to him now because they're jetting out to Spain for a warm weather training camp ahead of the biggest game of the season. Yeah. It is the biggest game is, of the season. Yeah. FA Cup quarter-final at home against Chelsea, one win away from a, a Wembley appearance in the semi-finals if they can pull it off. Yeah. The whole season comes down to this, it feels. I know, I mean, a lot's been made of this race for seventh and all this and the Premier League form. Speaking from a fan's point of view, and even as a journalist's point of view, these, this is the big one, isn't it? Mm. This, this FA Cup run is what will be remembered. Between, in, go, few, go through 20 years' time, no one will remember whether Leicester finished 7th or 8th in the Premier League in 2017-18. The fans will remember the FA Cup run, and if they got to the semi-final and beat Chelsea in the quarters, this will, what will be remembered. And oh, It's a huge game. Great that they're going in with it with with a win behind them. Chelsea look a bit in and out. Uh, yeah, this is this is a huge game, and I, I can't wait. The atmosphere is going to be brilliant. Well, the win at West Brom took City to forty points. The magical forty yeah. points that Claudio used to say week in week in week out. Forty points, forty yeah. points. That's a target. Even when they were um, chasing the title, he yeah. was still saying forty points. 
Um, Puel's done it now. Uh, they only had six on the board when he took over. 22 games uh, in that time and got 40 points. So it's job done in that respect, isn't it? Yeah. That would, but that's the minimum I think the owners would have expected from him to get them to 40 points as quick as possible. I think so because he looked at his previous managers in uh, Ranieri and in Shakespeare when those two were flirting towards the bottom of the, of the Premier League that was clearly not enough for them hence why they lost their jobs so clearly the owners see Leicester as they mentioned in when, they, when the figures were announced they want to see Leicester fighting in that top half of the table towards the top half of well, that top the, half of the, the table the position in the table was satisfactory it said in the annual report exactly it, yeah is satisfactory is not is not what they want mm. so yeah 40 points is bare minimum Claude's got them to that position with a lot of games in hand meaning that they can focus on this FA Cup run because it's the first season in a long time where they've been nailed on safe and can focus on this FA Cup run um, yeah so I think it's alright Leicester City in Spain though it has caused a few issues in the past. Yeah, it has. Yeah, but this is a completely different budge. I can't imagine any controversy. Three hundred miles from La Manga, so hopefully nothing's going to happen. And I'm sure they'll be. I'm sure they'll be fine. I mean, obviously, people are now thinking about the West Brom and the taxi escapades. And Barcelona, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, and Alan Pardew losing his phone and all this kind of nonsense. Fingers crossed, it all goes smoothly. I'm sure it will. I think it's a great idea to take them away. Yeah. To do something completely different, just to refresh them. Feel like it's like a pre-season training camp almost, and this is the uh, the start of the campaign. They're all geared up for one game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we saw it at the end of the, uh, during the title winning season, didn't we? When they lost to Arsenal, and everyone saw that this was <coughs> the, the capitulation of the title run, and Arsenal's players were taking <coughs> selfies and doing laps of honours, and that was the day Leicester had lost the title. Claudio sent them away. Give them two week, two give them a week. Was it off? Um, just to refresh themselves and recharge their batteries. If this warm weather training they're going on now can have the same effect that that had, then it's a great thing. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Don't forget to head over to beer52.com. Uh, check back on the Merca website and our Facebook page for all the stories and the big build-up uh, to the, the big game, the biggest game of the season, as Chelsea in the FA Cup on Saturday. And we'll be joining you again later in the week with another podcast.